still love it loud? So do we. Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville on Saturday, August 25th. Over 25 rock podcasts from all over North America. Recording on-site. Vinyl and memorabilia dealers selling the best in rock merchandise. And awesome rock musicians and personalities participating in signing sessions and on-stage panel discussions throughout the day. Special guests include current and former members of Korn, Kiss, Angel, Winger, Loudness, Except Bang Tango, Kick Tracy, as well as producers that have worked with Slayer, Ozzy, Alice Cooper, Seven Dust, and many more. More guests being added weekly. Don't miss your chance to be part of an awesome celebration of all things rock. Rock and Pod takes place at the legendary Nashville Palace, August 25th, 2018. More details available at rockandpod.com. That's R-O-C-K-N-P-O-D.com. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Brought to you by Blind Tiger Record Club, School of Rock Nashville, and School of Rock Franklin, a DBG Productions event. It's that time of the week again. You are about to participate in a great adventure. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop? What the hell do you think you're doing? It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris. Oh my God! As they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. I wouldn't do that if I were you. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. As well as the music of today. Excuse me while I whip this out. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Who are those guys? Digital Kill the Radio Star starts Come on, quit stalling! Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Digital Killed the Radio Star podcast. This is David, as always. Got my buddy Chris on the line, and uh, we are back with another uh, another episode. Uh, first time going back to back weeks in a while, but we hope to get more in, a, in more of a rhythm in the future uh, doing that. As like I said, we had a much needed uh, break uh, before last week's uh, episode. I do want to thank everybody for listening last week. The uh, Mount Rushmore of American rock bands. Uh, generated a lot of discussion, a lot of debate, and uh, I really appreciate that. A lot of online uh, social media debate, and uh, appreciate that. Appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, I think we gained a lot of new um, listeners last week, uh, judging by our back catalog. A lot of people just really uh, went back and listened to a lot of old episodes, so we really appreciate that. 
do want to tell everybody to follow us on Twitter, Digital Killed, and on Instagram, Digital Killed, the Radio Star Podcast. Connect with us on Apple Podcast and on SoundCloud. And we are going to try to be on Stitcher. Hopefully in the next week or so I've uh, submitted an application to Stitcher and hopefully we'll be on there. And if that's the platform you like to listen to podcasts with, uh, that will be uh, much easier for you. So, uh, Chris, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Uh, man, I can't complain. I uh, can't complain at all, actually. Um, that was a fun episode last week. I, I, I knew it was going to get people riled up and... Uh, we got a few people riled up, and that uh, that's always fun. Yeah, I mean, and people, their suggestions or their ideas were, they were, they were for the most part, I thought they were very valid, you know, but um, some of them I just wouldn't have put on there just because you know, I had to at least like the people that I named. <laughs> right. You know? And um, there were a couple that, like somebody, somebody told us Grateful Dead, and I thought that's a great suggestion. I just don't like the Grateful Dead. Not that I hate them. But yeah, somebody are. sent me a text message and said, "What do you? What What did the Almond Brothers do to make you mad?" Uh, <laughs> the same person that did not like us uh, leaving off the Grateful Dead, so you know who you are. But uh, anyway, uh, Chris, uh, like I said, we had a, a good week download wise, and um, uh, I think we got a lot of new listeners with that. Uh, you tweeted out something the other night about uh, Alkaline Trio that got uh, a little bit of response. Why don't you tell everybody about uh, about that product that just came out? Yeah, well, they, they uh, this was a few years ago. Alkaline Trio put out, um, they well, they did, they're from Chicago, and they played the Metro in Chicago. They did four shows in a row, and it was, um, they had eight albums. So for each night, they played two different albums. And um, they, they start out, they like I said, eight albums over the course of four nights, and like the first one they started with was um, they did their most recent album on the first night, and then the very first album they played after that. So each show was a newer and then a classic album. And I got this on. It's called Alkaline Trio Past Live, and I got this it's on Blu-ray. And this thing is just awesome. Um, video quality's cool. The uh, sounds cool, uh, and it's just cool seeing all the. the these albums they're entire they too that I mean that has been a lot of work for uh you know eight albums they had to get ready to prepare for and play them all back to back to back to back probably so, some songs they've never played live before to be honest probably so you know I'm sure it was you know well I thought of one you, you say that and there's one that was on uh, their last album my shame is real and it has um you know there's two guys that sing for trio but on this one song they um it's called I pessimist they had the guy from Rise Against saying co-lead vocals. He guest starred on it and saying co-lead vocals with uh, Dan of the band. And so when they did the song live, they had Derek, the drummer, who's actually a pretty good singer. He sang before, I think, in bands. They had him do um, the Rise Against leader, his his vocal part. So I thought the same thing you did. Like, well, they probably never played this song live just because they didn't have the vocalist. But it, anyway, it's really cool. I got it off their website. I don't know if you can even get it off of Amazon or anything like that, but um, I think they did. I think it may be fairly limited pressing some of them. But if you like Alkaline Trio, um, man, you can't go wrong with this thing. It's a slam dunk. Yeah, our, our friend Casey from uh, Astronoid uh, liked that tweet. Um, I saw that. I know he's a big uh, Alkaline Trio fan. Yeah, one of his favorite bands, as, they, as mine too. So, I mean, it's one of the things we, when I 
first met him that we bonded over. It's just a love trio. Yeah, that was uh, that was cool. Um, I don't really. I, I guess I, I just. Well, I've been listening to that American Aquarian album that you recommended last week. I listened to it two times all the way through this weekend, and that one's really uh, really growing on me. And I think gonna cause me to go back and give their back catalog another uh, another shot. But yeah, you're right. It's definitely a more country and a much he- uh, heavier influence of uh, the steel guitar on there, which I really like. I think it adds a lot to the to the music. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's kind of been the common response from everybody. Everybody has, um, everybody's enjoyed that aspect of it, of the album. Um, I agree. I mean, I thought it was a great addition. And yeah, I mean, as, as I told you before, I, I think it's a band that you could really get into. And that's why I've suggested them to you. And um, I'll say what I said last week. You know, this, for you and for anybody else listening, if that's your first introduction to them, go back and listen to Burn, Flicker, Die. I, um, that's my favorite one. Uh, Dancers for the Lonely, maybe number two. But this one, this new one probably makes it number three on my list. It sounds like good drinking music. Yeah, yeah. Um, good stuff, though. So, anyway, uh, and I did discover a new band um, this week. Uh, I've got a, We've got a, a podcast coming out next, probably next week, uh, with uh, um, a lady that I uh, met online. It's a, it's a Black Crows podcast. But she recommended this band called The Record Company. And I, honestly, I'm kind of shooting myself because I'd never heard of them, but I pulled them up on Spotify and they have like 350,000 monthly listens. But um, their Wikipedia page says they're a cross between the Stooges, John Lee Hooker, and the Rolling Stones. And uh, they're, they're, it's really good, uh, just rock and roll music with a, a tad bit of a, uh, kind of a blues edge to it. Uh, I really like it. They call it the record company. They have a new album coming out, uh, I think, in the next week. So um, I'll probably review that to some extent uh once the album comes out well chris um you and i have been doing this now for 16 17 months and uh i think we may have our most original episode this week that we're going to do and so this one was 100 percent your brainchild so why don't you take a second to explain to the listeners uh the the subject of our podcast Okay. Um, first of all, too, going back to when I was talking about trio, if you hear dogs growling and all my dogs are being uncharacteristically um, annoying, growling, playing, so apologies on that. Um, but yeah, the topic. I uh, before we even had this podcast, I told I just got to thinking. You know, there were a, a lot of really good songs out there about well, murder, and not only a lot of them happen to be about murdering. You know, killing your girl. So maybe not the most appropriate during uh, the Me Too movement, but, you know, I thought what we could do is, you know, it didn't have to be just songs about killing your girl, just songs about murder. And uh, there's been some great, great songs recorded about that. And that, and um, that's where I came up with it. I ran it by you. I was like, man, this may be a little too dark for you. I don't know. And luckily you were supportive of it, thought it was a good idea. And I think it, I think it's an interesting one. Like you said, I... I if people have done it before, I doubt it's been done very often. So probably very few people have ever heard this on a podcast. So hopefully we give you some original content. But, um, I know we have people have asked before, too, about you doing that Spotify playlist. We, we kind of stopped doing that. But I think this would be a good time to kind of start that back up, at least for this episode, so you can hear some of these songs. Because some of them you're going to know. Some of them are pretty big hits. And then some of them you've probably never heard before. So... Uh, yeah, and you you. Are we off? 
what no we're here um what i thought was uh interesting was uh there's a lot of songs about murder that i didn't know were about murder that i'm a big fan of after doing a bunch of research yeah and the cool thing is the the main ones that i had because I, I told you i thought about this before in the past and the main songs that i had an, i had an idea of i um i already they were already in my head i don't, so I'd thought about force fortunately i didn't have to do hardly any research there research added a couple of them to my list probably but um mine are pretty whereas you didn't know about yours mine are pretty straightforward i mean it's kind of mine are kind of obvious a little bit more uh, like i know one of your selections i saw is, is definitely not obvious and most people probably won't know that it's about murder um uh, anyway yeah. Yeah, all right, so um, i tell you what. Since you came up with it, I'm going to go first this week. All right. All right, so the first one that I have, uh, let me pull my list up here on my phone, sorry, folks, uh, is going to be, all right, so I'm going to introduce this one. Um, this There's a there's a story behind this that re- actually relates to me, um, and that is a song by Bob Dylan called The Death of Emmett Till. And if you're not familiar with Emmett Till, you really need to go um, – read up on it it was one of the biggest injustices in the history of our country and the trial was one of the biggest uh most covered trials probably before we had um uh the oj trial and this trial a lot of people including i think i've heard oprah winfrey say may have been what really sparked the uh, civil rights movement the song like i said is called the death of emmett teal emmett teal was a young african-american man i think he was like 11 or 12 he came down to uh, Mississippi, to a town in the Delta, and uh, the story goes he whistled at a white woman. And that night, uh, her husband and some other people uh, went and kidnapped him and tortured him and wrapped a uh, gin fan. If you're familiar with cotton gins, they have these huge fans in there. Wrapped it around his neck. I think they had poked one of his eyes out and just really had mutilated him and threw him in the Tallahatchie River. And um, the Tallahatchie River, uh, he, he, he disappeared, and he turned up floating, and he landed on the banks of the Tallahatchie River in Tallahatchie County. All right, so the county seat of Tallahatchie County is a small town called Sumner, of which where I grew up. His trial was held at the Sumner Courthouse, which is all of 300 yards from the house that I spent the first 18 years of my life in. And he was acquitted after only about 30 or 40 minutes of deliberation. And since he was acquitted, there was, a, there was a verdict. The two men charged with his death could not be tried or convicted of, that, of the crime. So soon after that, they gave a magazine interview, which they were paid for their story, and they admitted to, doing, to killing, to killing um, uh, Emmett Till. And uh, when word got out, uh, the people that live in the county were so incensed that they thought they were innocent, and now, um, you know, they have been uh, uh, acquitted them, and then now they've come out and said they do it. They were basically ran out of the county, and I don't know if they ever returned. But it's a cool, an unfortunate um, song uh, about a you know a bad time in our uh, country's um, history, but it took place 300 yards from my house. So I thought that was that was kind of a cool one because it just uh, it connects to uh, to where I grew up and uh, not the brightest moment for our state, but uh, nonetheless it's uh, 
it's true. And Bob Dylan, you know, back in the day, he wrote a, a lot of songs about social injustice and things like that. And uh, this is just one of them. So it's not a very well-known song by Bob Dylan. I think it's on some of the bootleg albums. But anyway, The Death of Emmett Till by Bob Dylan. Yeah, I'm not real familiar with that. Like you said, it is it's a bootleg one, so it's not one of with a lot. And I do know that story, Emmett Till, though. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's a tough one there. Um, so my first one, I went with, with um, let's see, for the first for the first one, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with a song by Hank Williams III, often referred to as Hank III. He, um, he has a song called Louisiana Stripes, and this is probably my favorite song by him. It's, um, it's a song about his, um, his girl getting with his, uh, his friend, and he, <laughs> he shoots them both, throws them in the creek, and says that he's uh, you know, spending the rest of his life in prison. And... I don't know. It's just it, the song is just—it's such a cool song. It sounds like um, it really sounds like a Johnny Cash type of song. It's got the same type of rhythm to it, and uh, it, you can tell it's heavily Cash influenced. Even the lyricism is very Cash-like. Uh, very cool songs on an album is called Straight to Hell. It's on the second disc. It's a two-disc set. The second disc. Uh, if you like traditional country, um, check this one out. It's a really cool tune. Yeah, you wonder uh, with him, uh, is there an element of truth to that, especially after watching the uh, Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia documentary? I, I think he may uh, he may hang out with some unsavory people from time to time. Oh, there's no doubt he does, you know. Um, but, yeah, that, that's, just, that's just a cool song, and that that's going to be one of my several <laughs> that are about killing your girl. Um, and and the, the lyrics to it are just, I, uh, let me find, I have a, had it on here hang on bear with me just a second um i thought i had it anyway um i don't have the lyrics in front of me but again about killing this girl cool song if you like classic country check it out yeah hank three uh definitely uh he has a heavy side to him and a countryside um to him so all right so the one i'm gonna go with uh only has um one set of lyrics uh just one sentence. And that is a song by Pink Floyd off the metal album. It's largely instrumental. Has um, a steel get- pedal steel guitar in it. The only lyrics are, One of these days I'm going to cut you into little pieces. And uh, the person that speaks those words uh, is uh, Nick Mason, the drummer. And it's the only time he's credited with a vocal um, on a Pink Floyd song. And this song was aimed at a disc jockey, I think, in London. And he drove them crazy because he talked too much over the air. And so uh, I guess the moral of the story is if you're a disc jockey, don't talk before and after a Pink Floyd track, or you may, they may try to cut you into little pieces. Um, obviously, some humor in this one, but uh, that was one that I couldn't let, uh, let get by me since the, uh, the only lyrics are talking about cutting someone up. But yeah, it's off the... Uh, the metal album, which is a really good album. It's when Pink Floyd, I think kind of started to find their sound and go, you know, obviously to a uh, dark side of the moon. But anyway, uh, it's a cool song to see live. If you ever watch, uh, some of the, uh, Pink Floyd live concert videos, but anyway, one of these days. Yeah. And I, I when I saw that on your list, I was surprised by it. Cause I do know the song and 
and I was surprised you picked that because I thought, well, there aren't really lyrics to it. And I guess if if anybody, you know, if if you've never heard that song, if you listen to it, you'll understand why it's even known anyway, because it's really kind of muffled, too, when he mm-hmm. says it. So it's kind of hard to make out what he's saying. Yeah, it's distorted. Yeah, um, it's, it's, you know, it's really distorted vocals. Okay. Yeah, I, I would have never known that, that that song had anything to do with that. But yeah, just don't. Anyway, like, again, I, I was shocked. I was like, man, he picked an instrumental. What's he doing? Yeah, if you, like, uh, if you, yeah, I guess if you're a disc jockey, don't make Pink Floyd mad. Yeah. Well, I'm going to stick, like I said, on a few of mine. We're kind of going on the uh, the path of <laughs> killing your girl. Um, I don't know why that just makes a good song. I guess people get pissed off and write these kind of songs, and it just there's been some good ones like that way. And one of mine, I think I've talked about this before when I brought up on our ballad episode, I brought this up. But, but Motley Crue, You're All I Need. Um, and hang on one sec, man. I'm moving and getting away from these dogs because they will not shut up. <laughs> um, I just got to separate them. All right, so You're All I Need is um, by, it, by Motley Crue. It's a song that um, when they wrote this song that Bon Jovi supposedly said, I think they just wrote the, the great, uh, like one of the greatest ballads I've ever heard. And he thought it was just this beautiful song. And I don't remember who it was. It may have been Doc McGee said to him, man, did you even listen to the lyrics of this? <laughs> because it does sound really, really beautiful. I mean, the, it just sounds like a sweet love song until you pay attention. And it starts out, the blade of my knife faced away from your heart. Those last few nights, it turned and sliced you apart. This love that I tell now feels lonely as hell from this padded prison cell. But... If you're not focusing on the verse, all you hear in the chorus is this, you know, passionate, you're all I need. Um, you're all I need, make you only mine. I love you so, but then, but then you go, I love you so I set you free. I had to take your life. You're all I need, you're all I need, and I loved you, but you didn't love me. Um, again, if you're just casually listening to that song, you're not going to pick up at first on that murder element. But, uh, yeah, man, that, that's, that's not a... It's not the sweet little love song that it sounds like. Talk about misunderstood lyrics or people just not only paying you know attention to the part of the the course or whatever. I yeah, speci- that's all, you're right. That's all you're hearing. It's yeah. all I need. That's the only thing they were hearing. I specifically remember being probably in like the sixth grade and going to like you know a um, um, a you know a sixth grade dance and you know it's a slow dance so you know you wanna you wanna find somebody to dance with on those and hearing that. And at the time, you know, not I, I myself was guilty of not paying attention to the lyrics. And I think it was probably a year or two later. I guess it was after Dr. Feelgood came out. And uh, I started kind of listening more to, to Motley Crue and had the Girls, Girls, Girls album. And I was laying I was laying in bed one night listening to it. And I paid attention to the lyrics. And I was like, man, this isn't a love song at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, 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 and the piano, too, in it, everything, it just... That was definitely one that uh, just kind of slipped past people, at least initially. Um, but it's a, it's a great song, too. I, I, I put it as my favorite ballad by them. Um, just because it's about murder doesn't mean it's not a great ballad. Right, and there's, certain, there's a certain thing called a murder ballad, so that, that one definitely uh, falls in that category. All right, so uh, this one that I'm going to go with, is of all the songs that I'm going to pick, is probably my favorite 
and it's by Neil Young, and it's off the uh, Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere album, which uh, I think is one of his best, probably my favorite album of his, but the song, everybody I'm sure has heard, is called Down By The River, and you know the chorus is like, Down By The River I Shot My Baby, and he famously wrote this song, and I think two others, He, I guess he'd gotten sick, he had the flu or something, I think he had like 103 fever, and was just out of his head, and wrote the lyrics to these three songs. And, you know, once his fever came down and he got his wits about him, he has these songs that he's written, and he doesn't know, like, what inspired them or uh, really the meaning behind them, other than he was just, you know, out of his head with fever and wrote uh, an amazing, uh, amazing song. And I would recommend, if you listen to if you want to listen to it, and this, this may be a version you've never heard, he has an album called Live at Massey Hall, 1971, and it's just him playing acoustically. And I, I'm not the biggest person that I, I'm not the biggest fan of um, singer songwriter uh, kind of you know just some, one person in an acoustic guitar. But this album I find kind of mesmerizing. When I put it on, I find myself just listening to it, and his version of Down by the River on it is just haunting. Uh, it's just a beautiful beautiful piece of music but uh yeah neil young down by the river probably my favorite song i'm going to talk about yeah uh i'm not i'm not real super familiar to be honest um i like neil young okay but he's never been one that i listen to a whole lot well i can't so, i can't I, I can listen to him about 30 or 45 minutes at a time and i have to go on to something else he's kind of like jay farrar his voice starts to grate on me after a while well you know i mean i yeah, I mean, I, it's that, I guess that's the way it is for me. Of course, Jay Farrar doesn't do that for me, but I understand what you're saying. And that's kind of like Neil Young. I mean, he's not um, – it's a unique sound that he has. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, – for the next one, I've got uh, Social Distortion, 99 to Life. Um, again, song, he's, he's getting 99 to Life because he killed his girl. And just to – it's always better with people hearing this when they're not familiar with the songs and they may not know them just to give a couple of lines from it. And if you really want to know how this, you know, get a little taste of how this one is. Second verse, I wish she could be here. Lord, if she only could. Instead, she's laying in a puddle of blood. She was my baby. Thought she'd be my wife. I killed my baby. I killed her with my knife. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, the chorus is saying the judge, you know, he gave him 99 to life, um, this crime that he did. So it's, uh, it's, and it too, where <coughs> that Motley, Motley Crue one is my favorite ballad of theirs. The uh, Hank 3 one, I said maybe my favorite song by Hank 3. This is one of my favorite social distortion songs. And uh, it's off my favorite album by them, Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell. Uh, just a great, great tune. I didn't put this one on my list because I knew you were going to take you you, you were going to have it. Uh, I agree. This is actually the song that, uh, if I remember correctly, this is a song that introduced me to Social Distortion uh, when I was in college. Uh, mutual friend of ours, who's a big social well, he's a big fan of that album. Uh, used to play it a lot, and that's one of the songs I used to uh, hear all the time. And it's like, who's that? You know. And uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I love the song, love that album, and. Uh, Everything works out right. You and I are going to get to see them in October, so I'm excited about that. Oh yeah, I'll I'll definitely be there. I think this will be like I don't know eight or 
maybe around the eighth time or so for me to see him. Uh, never gets old. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Next one, uh, one that you and I, uh, you would have had on your list had uh, had I not put on the list week. Because normally when we do these episodes, Chris and I do not uh, let each other know what the other one's going to have. So we have, you know, spontaneity and things like that. But on this one, we felt like we should probably exchange our list because it could be kind of random. But this is the one that you had. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, Hey Joe. Now, that's a cover song, and there's a lot of controversy over to who actually wrote the song. So we're just going to talk about... Uh, Jimi Hendrix's version, uh, Hey Joe, uh, it's about a guy uh, killing his unfaithful wife and trying to run away to Mexico uh, to get away from the consequences of that. One of the things I, one of the things I really like about Hendrix are his ballads. Uh, the Wind Cries Mary, Little Wing, This, uh, Castles Made of Sand. I just, I, I, I honestly probably enjoy his ballads more than I do uh, some of his, uh, you know, other stuff like Purple Haze and uh, some of the, you know, more straight ahead rock music. But uh, this song just always fascinated me. And uh, I think it's one where a lot of people don't really listen to anything other than the Hey Joe part. But um, uh, easily one of my favorite Jimi Hendrix tracks. And uh, I really enjoy it. And like I said, I enjoy his uh, ballads probably more than his other stuff. Yeah, and I love this song too. And the thing that's always amazed me about this song is if you think about when it was released, um, it's surprising to me that it became a hit because it just seems like that wouldn't have ever been, it seems like they wouldn't have ever accepted something like that. A song about, you know, about shooting your old lady down. Uh, you wouldn't think that they would approve that on, on mainstream radio and what, I don't remember what, I don't know what year it is. 68, 69. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's, it's always been surprising to me that that became a hit. Um, but yeah, a great song. Did you know it was a cover? Yeah, actually, I did. Um, I, I haven't known that that long. I don't remember where I heard when I heard that, but it, I, I found out about it very recently. But yeah, um, and I've heard I've heard some of the original. Yeah, I, I prefer the Hendrix version. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, so next, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with the Misfits, and this probably wouldn't you probably would have expected this to be on my list even before we exchanged them, just because I mean it's the lyrics in it. I mean, there's no way you can't put this one on there, especially if you're a Misfits fan. But um, songs called "Crying on Saturday Night," and this is uh, this is a Michael Gray's Misfits era song, and. What's always been funny to me about this song is it sounds like almost like like doo wop, and it has like a, this complete fifty sound and vibe to it, but yet with these just crazy <laughs> murder lyrics, um, it, it has this kind of like I said, almost like a fifties type sound and it sounds all happy and upbeat but then again pay attention to those lyrics and um pretty easy they're pretty easy to decipher it's pretty clear but you know when you start out a song there's 52 ways to murder anyone one and two are the same and they both work as well well when you start out that way <laughs> you know you know it's not going to be a real happy song contrary to the way the music sounds but um yeah it's it's a uh, it's a song about killing a girl and, and really, um, you know, uh, seems like kind of 
having regret over doing that. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, the lyrics are crazy, messed up, great song, great little murder ballad. This is not the misfit song I thought you would have. I thought you would have "Die Die My Darling." I was gonna put it on there, but again, when I thought about this list, when I used to think about doing this, I I did it from the standpoint of um, I always thought like these songs that were more. I kind of like these murder ballads and "Die Die My Darling." You know, it, you can listen to. I mean, God, we could put get a bunch of metal songs and easily make a list. You know, and I feel like that's kind of where Die, Die, My Darling fits into, kind of in that vein. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to go, I, I like this more, this sweet, happy-sounding song that's actually not that way at all. I mean, Die, Die, My Darling sounds aggressive. It, it's not a shocker there. But this one, um, yeah, I, I just I just thought that, and, and at times, you know, like I said, it kind of sounds like he's, it's like the regret, you know, where he says, you know, I can't remember when I saw her last. We were running around and having a blast, but the back seat of the drive-in is so lonely without you. Um, you know, it's I don't know. It's it's a. Uh, I just think it's 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 a uh, it's probably one of my favorite songs in the Michael Gray's era, Misfits. And um, if you're unfamiliar with Michael Gray's era, and all you're probably thinking, oh, this is some crazy type punk song again. It's a it's a fifty sounding, almost doo wop sounding song, um, which makes it. Even more, um, maybe hilarious is not the best word to choose, but I'm going to say it makes it hilarious. He played uh, this when we saw him, right? Yeah, yeah. And I just, I really do, I think it's hilarious that the lyrics are this way um, to that kind of song. All right, so um, my next one is going to be, let's see here. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting one. It's called The Wig He Made Her Wear by the Drive-By Truckers. All right, so... Um, Chris, this actually happened not too far from where you live. Uh, I can't remember, was it maybe 10 or 15 years ago, there was a uh, pastor in somewhere in Tennessee, along the Tennessee-Mississippi uh, border. Selmer. And, Selmer, okay, all right. Yeah, so um, his wife killed him, and uh, I think shot, shot him with a shotgun. And Patterson Hood is one of the great storytellers of, of our generation. He takes... He takes these kind of obscure uh, events that have happened and writes great songs about them. And this one is called, the, like I said, The Wig He Made Her Wear. So there's this pastor, and apparently he's into a bunch of kinky stuff and uh, makes his wife dress up in you know like these high heels and makes her wear a wig when, when they're in bed and stuff like that. And I, I'm assuming abused her. And so she winds up killing him on like a Wednesday night. And he doesn't show up for church, and people go to the house, and he's laying there. There's blood everywhere. And she's gotten the children and driven to Orange Beach, Alabama, which, if you're not familiar, Orange Beach is on the Florida line. It's on the it's on the coast. So she'd driven, you know, five or six hours, and um, she's taken she's you know taken to, goes to court because she gets gets caught with the kids. And uh, so, as part of the evidence, the uh, they bring out the wig that he made her wear. And uh, I think her argument was um, that the gun was just to scare him and it accidentally went off or something like that. And so uh, I don't think she was, she wasn't convicted of murder. I think she was convicted of something on a lesser charge. But uh, if it's off the, um, I think it's off the big to do. Uh, if, if I'm wrong, I'll correct myself on that. Uh, but Patterson Hood does a great job of telling this story. And 
I, I don't think he takes really any liberties with it. I think he just kind of tells it how it happened. But uh, if you watch the news, you may be familiar with it because that was kind of a big story when it happened. Yeah, and I you you gave me this, and I wasn't familiar with the song, and I I went and listened to that, and knowing nothing about it, I just started listening, and I uh, immediately thought this is I think this is about uh can't remember their names, but that that murder in Selmer, I think that's what this is about, and I went and googled, and sure enough, it was. Um, yeah, I mean that was that's not that far from Memphis, and. You know, I remember it was, I mean, look, I'm not saying the guy was a good guy and all, but I remember just thinking, my God, how do you get let this lady get off on that? I mean, the man's sleeping and she shoots him in the back while he's sleeping. Um, anyway, yeah, weird story. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that song. I didn't know anything about it, but, but yeah, it was... <laughs> As I'm listening to it, I was like, wait a minute, I know this story. <laughs> yeah, this sounds, sounds eerily familiar. This sounds eerily familiar. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, they, they've written a bunch of songs about true stories. Like they did, I think on their Dirty South album, they did three or four songs about Buford Pusser. I'm sure everybody's familiar with him, The Walking yeah. Tall. And um, I think they've actually done another song about this same case. But anyway, uh, give them a listen. They're one of my favorite bands and uh, great storytellers. But yeah, the wig he made her wear. All right. Um, I'm going to go, and it was a pretty cool song too, by the way. I'm going to go with um, Johnny Cash. Delia's gone. Um, again, I'm just kind of getting all these in the way, out of the way, and I'll I promise they're not all going to be. But I don't have like secret desires to kill <laughs> to kill a woman. It's just they, these songs are all kind of these little murder ballads that I have. But uh, Delia's gone is um, Johnny Cash just uh, shooting shooting his girl and talking about had he not done it, you know, he was. Uh, he was going to have her for his wife if he hadn't shot her. But um, obviously he did not become his wife because he murdered the girl. <laughs> but uh, uh, really cool song. This was a later, you know, later years on American Recordings, Johnny Cash song. And one thing I will say is, first of all, if you're unfamiliar with the song, listen to it. Um, it's a, like I said, it's one of the, it's one of the, I mean, a lot of that American Recordings stuff was just great that Rick Rubin did with Johnny Cash. But this one, this one, um, I believe this was on the first one he did with Rick Rubin. And, uh, but great tune. I would, I would say, too, if you, if you want to hear a really cool version of it, and I don't know if you ever heard this, David, but back, uh, and I've got this uh, from, I recorded this on VHS when I was in college, and I ended up transferring it to DVD. They did a tribute to Johnny Cash while he was still alive. And um, Wycliffe John came out and did a cover. And you can find that cover on YouTube, and it is awesome. Oh, that's cool. Um, killer, killer version. And he really made it his own, too. Um, yeah, if, if anybody, if you've heard that song, you like the song, go check out the, the Wycliffe John version. It's, um, he, like I said, he, I, I, you got to appreciate when somebody takes a cover and they really make it their own. And oh, that's yeah. what he did. Um. I'll have to agree, well, not agree, I'll have to tell you again, you surprised me. I knew there'd be a Johnny Cash song, but I was thinking Folsom Prison Blues, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, that that would be a great pick. Um, you know, and it's funny, you know, it's funny the way things work that I, I didn't really even think about that one. Honestly, I know, as shocking as that may be, I really didn't even think about it. Really? Because when, when you gave me this idea, that was the first thing that came to my mind. 
that song. That's funny. Yeah, it's funny uh, the way funny the way the mind works. It is, it is. But anyway, yeah, that's a good that's a good Johnny Cash song, and he has that's not his only song about killing somebody. So, um, uh, yeah, Johnny Cash, you can't uh, complain. Those American recordings are are truly uh, they're just they're truly special in my opinion. Um, I know that um, Reznor has said that uh, Hurt is now a Johnny Cash song. It's no longer a Nine Inch Nails song. So that, that's cool. Yeah, those recordings were great. Yeah. All right, so my next one is going to be from a band that, oddly enough, we have never talked about on this podcast, and it just blows my mind that they have gotten by us. That is a song by the Talking Heads called Psycho Killer, and it is about a serial killer. And if you, David Byrne, the primary songwriter in the Talking Heads, it often gets kind of questioned sometimes about his lyrics because they're kind of quirky and out there. And he's real quick to say, like, it's just, it's you know, I'm not trying to, like, convey a concept or a particular theme. These are just words that I've put to music. And part of this song is uh, is in French, part of the um, the uh, the chorus. A very catchy song. Uh, Velvet Revolver did an amazing cover on it. But Psycho Killer uh, uh, is a good song. And it has kind of an upbeat feel to it. So I, th- I don't think people completely grasp... Uh, you know what it's about, uh, Chris. Are you shocked? We've never talked about the Talking Heads. You know, I, maybe a little. I guess I'm not too shocked by it because it's one of those bands that I would assume you're kind of the same way. And I, the way I am on that is, I think I've got one Talking Heads album. They are. They were one of those like really unique bands. They. Uh, cool sound and all but they're never been, they've never been one of the favorites and so have no disdain for them don't dislike them at all i like a lot of the stuff but they've just never been anything big to me that kind of shocks so, me with you because i know you're a huge television fan and they kind of basically all came out of the same scene yeah well they were yeah they were definitely in that new york scene with them and they, they came a little after television but um yeah, I mean, they, I, like I said, I, I do like some of the stuff, and I like this song. And this song was on my list before we, you know, before you sent me yours. And uh, I just decided because I think you had about, you had 10, and I had about 13 or 14 of them. And um, I think I had 14. And so what I did was I had two misfits because I did have Die, Die, My Darling on there. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to pick one of the two. And I went with Crying on Saturday Night, and then I cut the three, and Psycho Killer was one of the three that we had in common. That I yeah, uh, like I said, go listen to the Velvet Revolver version of it. It's really good. Uh, as well, yeah, Talking Heads, um, I'm more kind of a greatest hits guy with them. Um, I guess the only kind of obscure song of theirs that I like is uh, is the song Heaven, and that's mainly because Widespread Panic covers it a lot, and uh, I like the version. I do like a City of Dreams and, uh, you know, the ones that get played on the radio all the time, but uh, they were definitely an important band for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people that came after them cite them as uh, an influence. So anyway, yeah, I was just shocked we never talked about them. Yeah, well, they're an important band, so I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, so my next one, I went with uh, a song by Gob Iron. That's a uh, side project that Jay Farrar of Sunvolt Uncle Tupelo did with a guy named Anders Parker. And they took a bunch of traditional songs and reworked them. And, you know, altered some of the lyrics. And this this is a song they, they sang about, I guess they each sang about half of the songs. And this is a song called, on that album called Waste, 
Wayside Tavern, and this one is it has Anders Parker on Anders Parker on vocals, and um, basically it's about a guy going into well a tavern, and he finds this girl that I guess he's just really enamored with, and he's talking to her, having a conversation, having a good time with her, and then all of a sudden he feels a knife in his back, and it's uh, it's her ex lover killing him. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I mean, the whole album of that is real. That the whole album is really, really good, and uh, you know, because they're these traditional songs, a lot of them were these kind of sad type songs. And this is, I remember, I had a gob iron on our, uh, which was also an Andrews Parker song. I had on uh, our sad songs, which was uh, awful, dreadful snake. But this song, Wayside Tavern, is one is probably one of my favorites on that album, and. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's a really sad song. Uh, where all, so far all of mine have just been, you know, horrible. You know, people actually killing others. This is about from. This one is told from the perspective of somebody being murdered. Um, so a little bit, little bit of a change up for me on the songs I've been talking about. But really good song. Uh, if you like singer songwriter, the traditional, you know, almost folky. Uh, give this one, a, give that album a chance. I've got I've got to do that. I remember when that came out, and um, I was like, I, I need to listen to this. And I think I listened to it one time, and I think that was about it. But I need to go back and uh, listen to that one again because it got a lot of, if I remember correctly, it got a lot of a lot of critical acclaim. I don't know. It should have, you know. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if it did because it certainly should have. It was like I said, it was it was really really good, and I still listen to it to this day. Every now and then, I'll put that on. The, for our songs are great. The Parker songs are great. Uh, it's good stuff. All right, Chris. So my next one is going to be the song that was the biggest surprise to me is about murder. It is the opening song on the debut album by a band that's famous for writing killing songs because that's their name. I'm just joking. They're not famous for that, mm-hmm. but the name is the killers. Uh, the song is Jenny was a friend of mine. So it's about, a kid that may or may not have killed his girlfriend and he's being questioned by the police and basically his um, um, excuse is, why would I have done that? Jenny was a friend of mine. And uh, he's being interrogated. And what I find so interesting about this is this is the first song on the first album uh, by this band. And I do not think of imagery like this when I think of The Killers. Uh, largely I think of, you know, these huge choruses and, um, uh, you know, heavy on the keyboards on, on some songs and just these huge choruses and just, you know, the killers make me feel good listening to them. And so I'm guilty as everybody else, like on things like You're All I Need, not paying attention to the lyrics. A very catchy song that I really like by the killers off their debut album. Yeah, and I, I wasn't aware that that was about murder either. I, I, I didn't know that until you told me. And you're a bigger Killers fan than me. Oh I, yeah, I love the Killers. I, I've always always tell people as far as popular music, you know, because we we both listen to a lot of more obscure stuff. As far as popular music, they're probably my favorite of any of the you know the bands that have that actually have you know really good mainstream success. Um, great band, you know. And I've told people before, like my my cousin is a big music snob and. And you know he's like, what we're all guilty of sometimes us 
people that our music's not. So we, we, something's huge and popular, and also we think it's got to suck. And I remember telling him, like, man, you got to give him a chance. And he finally did, and he loves The Killers now. Especially that second album, Sam's Town. Oh, absolutely. Definitely their best one. Um, but no, I did not know that about that song. Yeah. Great song, great album, great band. Um, so I guess I'm up next. And I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, I'm going to throw one out there for the ladies. Um, mine's all been, I've had so much about men killing their ladies. Let's go ahead and reverse that. And I'm going to go by, uh, I'm going with Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks. And I don't care. I'm not ashamed of this. I don't call it a guilty pleasure because I don't feel guilty loving this song. Um, I love this. I really do. Always have loved this song. And this one probably more than any of the songs that we're doing is one that everybody knows. And pretty obvious in the lyrics what this is about. You know, a woman being beaten and the friend and her taking the man out. Um, I know when we were talking, kind of exchanging with you know, text on this, I was actually kind of surprised to hear you say that it almost made your list and that you actually really love this song too, which just tells me, you know, it's it's a really good tune. I didn't put it on the list because I thought of how much how much crap I was going to take, to be honest with you, if I put that on there. I actually really like the Dixie Chicks and... I love this song, and I love this video. I went through this weird stage in life, and I, I can't explain it. Like, I'm not a fan of, like, country music, and, and especially, like, um, you know, what passes for country these days. But for whatever reason, I went on this kick for a while where I would watch, was it CMT one of the, in, in the afternoons, and I would watch the, the, the country videos. And this one, I'll say, I'll compare this one to Janie's Got a Gun by Aerosmith. It actually told a full story, and it was a, basically a crime. Um, speaking of which, I should have done Janie's Got a Gun by Aerosmith. Just thought, I of thought that. about that. I actually thought about that one. Um, anyway, so um, I love this video, and I love the song. And I actually, I don't like that first, uh, I think it's their first album, The Dixie Chicks. But to me, a lot of the stuff after that was really good. They are very talented musicians and very talented songwriters. And uh, I, 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 I like them. I guess if you want to say they're a guilty pleasure, I guess they're a guilty pleasure. Uh, Audley Free to Black Crow's fame has been their band uh, director, for, musical director for a long time. And um, I, I just, uh, I really like this song. Yeah, I was going to put it on here. And I was like, man, as soon as I do it, it's going to be like that time I talked about Winger. Everybody's going to pounce on me. <laughs> so um, You know, I, I don't, I, I may be wrong. Hey, you may catch a lot of, I mean, well, I put it on my list, but you're defending it and saying it's a really good song, so you still may catch hell for it. But I don't know that you will, because I think I, 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 may, I might be wrong, but I have a feeling a lot of people love this song. Yeah, it's got the, it's got it's the perfect... Catchy. Yeah, and it's got the perfect balance of seriousness with humor and then storytelling, and it's got an incredibly infectious chorus. And I just love that that Earl had to die part, the way she says it. Right. I mean, I, I, I love it. I uh, Yeah, and, I, and I, as far as Dixie Chicks, I wasn't, like where you said you got into the kick on them. I, listened, I had the first two albums, and I liked them both. I really did. I just, after that, I never really listened to anything more from them. But, no, it's a, it's a, it's a catchy song. I like the lyrics. I like that video. Um, 
I remember that blonde twin looked really, really hot in that video. She's my <laughs> favorite one. Yeah, and what was it? Was it Jane Krakowski was in the video? Is that right? I don't. I, the actress. I don't know. I don't. I know who you're talking about, and I don't, I don't even remember. I, I, she may have been, and I wouldn't have known because you know it's funny. She was. Uh, everybody knows pretty much knows that she was in in a National Lampoon's Vacation, but it seems like until recently. You know, she couldn't get any kind of work or whatever. So it's kind of funny that if she was in that video, that would have been, you know, I guess right before she kind of had her second career take off. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that was a good comparison, that video to the Janie's Got a Gun video, um, which, uh, yeah, I'm shocked none of us, neither one of us picked that. Honestly, I just completely forgot. But yeah, I like the Dixie Chicks, and uh, I'm unapologetic about it. So if you want to bash me, uh, bash me. It's unfair criticism if people bash you. They're talented chicks. Yeah, they are. All right, so I'm going to go with one that uh, really uh, unfortunately foreshadowed uh, events that were going to happen uh, in our country, and that is the song Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Now, I've said many times on this podcast, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the 10 album, but this song was completely unique, uh, even for by like what was going on in... Um, grunge um it was uh you know it was a re- very down song the video was really good of course you know it's about a kid that's been picked on going to school and um um you know blowing people away and i think killing himself but the song was actually based on two stories so there was a kid in texas and his name i think was was in fact jeremy uh went to school uh one day and uh story goes one of his friends um and him they would write each other letters in class and he always ended every letter with write back well on this day he ended the letter with later days and he got up to go get something he asked the teacher could he leave and go get something and he came back with a 357 magnum and stood in front of the class and looked at the teacher and said i got what i was going to get and before they could do anything shot himself in the head the second part of it is about a kid that Eddie Vedder went to high school. Well, I think he was maybe in elementary school with. And uh, Eddie Vedder says he remembers getting like altercations with this guy. And I think he was just, uh, you know, he was troubled and, and, and was really sad and things like that. And he didn't go and kill anybody. I think he just went and took a gun and shot up a room that had people in it. But the video was, I think it was the last video they made for a long time because they famously stopped making videos. But it's another one like, kind of in the mold of um, Janie's Got a Gun. It, it, it tells a story and just a very powerful uh, piece of music and powerful video that, uh, you know, was all over MTV back in the, uh, I guess, 91, 92. Yeah, that was, I mean, it. it is weird how, I mean, that was, you know, what, I mean, just a little, little over five years before, Columbine and all that stuff started happening. Um, yeah, I mean, who knew? I mean, who knew that that was going to become such a part of the, you know, the, the cold reality of the world that we live in? Right. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a tough one. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, it's a tough subject. So. Looking at what I have, look, trying to see what I have left. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with just kind of a simple one that I think is I just always like the song. I uh, 
think it's a great song and um, pretty obvious. This is not one of those ones you have to think about and try to figure out. It's obvious what it's about. And that's Guns N' Roses, Used to Love Her. <laughs> uh, I can't get real deep on this one because there's not really much depth to it. Because it's a fun you song. Know? Yeah, it is. It, and it's, it's, a, it's another one that's like real upbeat. You know, that's the only thing I would say, kind of like how the, you know, like the Michael Gray's Misfits one sounds kind of happy. Um, this one sounds, you know, upbeat, kind of happy. Um, but yeah, they used to love her, but he had to kill her. <laughs> I, you know, and I love the uh, the the version on um, the live album, that live era was it eighty seven ninety one? Yeah, where they used electric guitars and all. Yeah, that. yeah, just a fun song. And I think, I mean, I think they basically say a lot of times before they play it, don't hey, don't take us literal on this. This is this is you know this is tongue in cheek kind of fun. Uh, very very catchy song. Uh, off the uh, I guess originally it was off Lies Lies Lies, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember when that came out, and I, you know, I was I was maybe twelve or thirteen when that came out, and it took me, I think, a little bit to realize that <laughs> this was this was supposed to be kind of campy and fun and uh, not serious. All right, so Chris, we're down. I'm down to two songs, and I'm gonna go with one that's about somebody that has committed murder and is about to be killed, and that is Metallica's "Ride the Lightning." The um, uh, name of the album is. Ride the Lightning in the songs, Ride the Lightning. Um, it's told from the perspective of someone that's about to be executed uh, on uh, with an electric chair. And, you know, he, he says, you know, I, I admit, you know, I did wrong, but trying to control my life and end my life isn't right either. But uh, Ride the Lightning, a great album. I know when we were on Potter Than Hell, we all liked this album. And uh, it's a really good song, one they play pretty consistently in their set. And uh, was probably the first song. One was my first introduction to them, and then of course the Black Album. And when I started going back into their heavier stuff, this was the first song in their back catalog that really gripped me. So uh, I, I really enjoy it, and uh, you know it's a cool album cover, and uh, it's just a good song. Yeah, um, agree completely. Um, yeah. Not, not a lot not a lot to add I just uh, agree on that one um, I'm looking at at mine I guess we each have, what do we have two left I think so, I'm I think I'm down to one yeah so that makes sense okay all right so I'm go I went with um I went with by Bruce Springsteen the uh, title track from the album Nebraska and uh, this one is uh, I mean it basically just sounds sounds like it's just kind of a uh really it's just kind of a story about a looks like a, a murder spree that he and his girl go on um you know you you read the lyrics and he he, he just says that uh that um from the town of lincoln nebraska with a sawed off 410 on my lap through the badlands of wyoming i killed everything in my path um makes a reference in there to 10 innocent people died and then he's talking about the jury finding him guilty and sentencing to death. And the lyric that I really like at the at the end is um, it says they declared me unfit to live, said into that great void my soul would be hurled. They wanted to know why I did what I did. Well, sir, I guess there's just a meanness in this world. And um, 
I don't know. I, I just think that's really cool lyricism, and it's a great record. Uh, it kind of sets the tone for the entire album, and I love Springsteen. Love that album. Love that song. Not not what you would call a happy song at all. And one of the things I've always found interesting about that album, um, and you're a much bigger fan, Springsteen fan than me, so if I have this wrong, tell me. The next album was Born in the USA, correct? Yeah, and Nebraska was a it, it he was working on a band album. Uh it was it was gonna be an E Street album when he was writing Nebraska. And he uh he, he wrote all those songs and he brought it to the band and I wanna say it was Van Zant that said, No, you gotta release this as it is. Yeah, you know, like th- this is your record. And um so that's what happened. I mean, he recorded it just in a four track in his in his house, and um, yeah, like I said, he tried making it. And to show you, I, I think it was during that time is when he wrote "Born in the USA" the song. And anybody that's listening that's not a big Springsteen fan, or I should, doesn't mean you dislike him, but you may not know all of his work and the story about him. Well, if you you can go back and you can you can you can hear the original version of "Born in the USA." I believe it's on tracks. And it's an acoustic song, of course, that would have fit in perfectly with um, with Nebraska. But then he just changed it up and made it the, the rocking anthem that it became. But, uh, yeah, Born in the USA was eventually, like, the, I think it was, I think he wrote it during those, the writing of Nebraska that he wrote that song. Um, does he play a lot of songs off Nebraska in concert? I don't think he does, but you would know better. He, 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 does, a, he does do a few. Yeah, he'll... Um, he he will play some songs off of that. He he'll play um, he'll play uh, Johnny Ninety Nine a decent amount, and um, God, I'm trying to think of the song. Uh, um, Atlantic City, those two are, are really pretty common, and and he'll do some other ones from that album. You know, that's not those aren't the only two that he plays, but those are probably the two more common. And you know, when he does Atlantic City. Uh, same thing as when he does uh, Johnny Ninety Nine. They're full band and just kind of rocked out. The Atlantic City one's really cool. Um, really, cool. it's a really cool version. Yeah, it just it just kind of always amazed me. He went from that to that Born in the USA album, like complete one eighty in almost every every aspect. Yeah, definitely. All right, so my last one is going to be one that everybody here knows. Everybody here likes. Uh, that is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Of all the songs that we're going to talk about today, probably the most unique song as far as song structure and uh, lyrics. Um, actually, the song has a couple of p- distinct parts to it. And, you know, famously has the uh, kind of opera course um, that, you know, in a ton of commercials was made famous by Wayne's World, but tells the story of a young man who, I guess... Uh, made a bad decision or two and killed somebody and is telling his mother, I've got to run now. Um, you know, I've wasted my life and my youth, but, uh, uh, definitely, uh, a fun, a fun song to listen to, even though it's sad. It's just, it's another case of one of those things. When you write something that's catchy enough and has enough of a hook to it, uh, people uh, aren't necessarily going to pay attention to, uh, to the lyrics, but, uh, uh, a great one. There's a great version of, I think it's on that, um, that Freddie Mercury tribute concert, and I think it's uh, Elton John plays it, and then Axl Rose comes out and plays, sings over the heavy part there at the end, which is really cool. 
but uh, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, probably maybe the most well-known song we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I would put that and the Dixie Chicks one. Those are probably right up. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody definitely taken number one. But yeah, I mean, because a lot of ours are, have not been real popular songs. No. They haven't really necessarily been hit. Uh, and we're definitely not trying to be obscure on this. And like I said, most of my list was not done from any kind of research. It's just songs that I've always kind of I always kind of thought about. Like I said, where this idea got originated is I thought that there are really a lot of songs that these guys are writing about killing women, and they've been doing it for a long time. Like we said, Hendrix doing Hey Joe you know, years and years ago. Right. Um, and then as I started researching, I found some, so just some, other aspects, some other songs are really cool. Like I said, doing uh, Wayside Tavern, which is from the perspective of somebody being killed by a, a jealous ex-boyfriend. Um, you know, uh, the Dixie Chicks, women killing a man. So I did start finding there's some, there are some different songs about murder and not just all about killing your girl. So going to my last one. I picked, um, from Uncle Tupelo, I picked um, Lily Shaw. And this song to me is, though it's, I mean, it's a, it's a guy, you know, he killed a girl. And, you know, they, this came off of that, their album, you know, March 16th through 19, or 16th through 20, 1992, which was, you know, a lot of, uh, it's largely acoustic. It's a lot of traditional songs that have been reworked. And I, I've got to, I've got to be honest here. I, I'm not sure. I can't remember if this was an original or one that was a traditional that they did. But regardless, just the, it has this. It, it's definitely set in a uh, a different time. And so this guy, his sentence is he's been sentenced to hang. And though he did a crime that he should be punished for and I you know I get that it's still to me a sad song you know when you when you it, when you listen to the lyrics and of course just the, the tone of the song itself is super depressing but you listen to the, the lyrics and like I said he did wrong he deserved everything he's getting but when he he says that you know, he says now I must hang in the morning for the murder of Lily Shaw whom I so cruelly murdered and her body shamefully burned. And, um, you know, he fast forward, fast forward through some of it, the cries of poor Lily. Again, I can, I can almost hear as she begged me not to kill her, her life alone to spare. Now I bow down to Jesus in penitential grief, and I beg him to save me like he did the dying thief. And then this part, God bless my aged parents who mourn for, for me alone and my wife and baby who le will be left alone. And... That's why I said that it's to me it, you know it's sad because you know his his family is suffering from what he did you know ultimately it's not just about him it's the the family that are least behind and they're mourning him being executed but uh, again deserved but still I just always always find it's a sad song. This is the first one I'm going to have to poo poo on Chris that you've done uh, this week. Uh, I just. And man, talking about making the music snobs mad, I can just only take so much of the really slow Uncle Tupelo stuff. But yet, yeah, the lyrics and the story are cool, but the the presentation just doesn't do it for me. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really love the song. You know, it's not just that it's a, it's it's fitting for the topic. I really love the song. But I mean, I get it. It's very, very slow, very you know drawn out. But I just I, I've always really liked the song. So I'm sitting here now. We've gone through our list. I just thought of one that blows my mind that got past you and me. What's that? Wilco's Via Chicago. That's, yeah, I, that, that is a good one. That I didn't, I mean, it's my favorite, it's got to be my favorite Wilco song, and I, I, I didn't think about it. I dreamed about killing you again last night, and it felt all right to me. Yeah, that that opening lyric is just, that is great. Yeah. It <laughs> really is great. So, uh, yeah, so that's one. I think I, I definitely would have put that on my list um, if um, I, uh, if it would have came to me earlier. The ver- I love the I love the live versions of that song, especially when things get all kind of crazy for a little bit in the background with all the noise. Oh, yeah, me too. And then yeah. it just, it, I kind of view it as something, you have something terrible and chaotic, and, you, and at the end, when it all comes together, you have something beautiful come out of it. That's kind of always been my interpretation of that song especially the version on um kicking television which if you haven't listened to kicking television one of the greatest live albums of all time in my opinion i'm a fan we both had that or or, you know one of our favorite live albums so Um, uh yeah so chris so as we wrap up uh um our murder murder song episode don't send me one that says let's do our favorite wedding songs <laughs> yeah, no, no, we'll hold off on that. But, but now there's, and there are definitely. This is going to people can definitely tell us stuff that we left out because, like I said, most of mine was just stuff I thought of in my head. Mm-hmm. So that tells me there I, I had to have left out a lot of them, a lot of good ones. And and you you mentioned just um just two of my artists I could have picked. You know, and there were two perfect ones. You know, Johnny Cash. I left off Folsom Prison with um, the Misfits. I left off Die Die My Darling. And you know, we've got friends that are really into to metal and all that listen. So I'm sure they can give us a ton of metal songs. But you know, those those are um, those are kind of easy. Those are more obvious. Yeah, those are kind of easy. But you know, no, I thought this was a an eclectic mix of genres um i think what the songs were about were there were a lot of them that were different and so I, yeah i thought it's cool you know we were looking at the list just yesterday we we're looking it was like okay we got you know hard rock you know kind of like alt country you got the singer songwriter you got country um you got punk there there were so many different kinds so worked out pretty well kind of like I just, our podcast it hit on a little bit of everything it really did, and, and it's. I mean, it, and there's there's a lot of stuff I could have, I, I could. I mean, then there's other stuff that I left off. You know, I told you I cut some of the ones that you had. I um, I was trying to decide which song I would pick from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds off of an album called Murder Ballads, because um, that's basically all that album is is Murder Ballads. Mm-hmm. But none of them were just really fitting. They weren't quite what I was looking for, and I tried to narrow I narrowed my list down to ten. So, and then you mentioned Janie's got a gun. Another one we we missed. So, there's going to be more of them. Oh yeah, and I'm sure people but, will let us know. So if you're listening yeah. to this, chime in on Twitter or uh, or Facebook. Um, 
and um, let us know what we missed out on. Chris, I'm glad you came up with this one. I, I thought this one was one of the more fun ones we've done as far as like researching in the actual episode. Yeah, it's one that you wouldn't. I mean, I, I think it is. It is unique because not. I I'm not familiar. You listen to a lot of podcasts. But I'm not familiar with anybody doing this topic. Yeah. Um, so we may have had one that was completely original to us. So that's going to do it for this week. Well, like I like I said earlier, thank everybody for listening and interacting with us on social media, and uh, we really appreciate that. It's going to try to be on Stitcher. Hopefully, by the time this podcast comes out, we'll see. That's completely up to Stitcher at this point. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed, on uh, Instagram Digital Killed the Radio Star. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcast and on SoundCloud. And don't forget the Rockin' Pod Expo. If you'd like to contribute to the GoFundMe account, and as we say every time, the money does not go to us. It goes to the organizers of the event. Go to GoFundMe.com, type in Nashville Rockin' Pod Expo 2, and uh, we do have some perks on there. So if you give some money, uh, we will live up to our end of the bargain. And we've already had several people do that, so we really appreciate them. We appreciate you for listening. Have a good week, everyone, and we will talk to you next week.